This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 15th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. It's been stunning to watch the rapid shift in opinions on Afghanistan. Long after the public soured on the mission, Republicans running for president now seem to recognize that turning against it at least is no longer a net loss politically. Malou Innocent, foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute, comments. To witness the last month or so uh, in our adventure in Afghanistan would be to watch a pretty incredible turnaround, both in sort of just under the surface tensions breaking out and in a bunch of prominent Republicans, some might call conservatives, uh, turning around and making some pretty dramatically different statements about uh, their view of the U.S. mission in Afghanistan than they had held for the previous decade. Yeah, I think you're right in terms of just the the series of events that we've been seeing in Afghanistan over the past several months, um, arguably since 08-09, but really just in the past several months. There's just been a rapid deterioration of uh, the mission in terms of the long-term strategy of creating a government in Kabul that has the monopoly on the use of force throughout the country in terms of the training mission for the Afghan security forces. These events really sort of signal um, the underlying problem with the mission in terms of what do we hope to achieve? Do we have the resources to achieve it? And will we be willing to change course if we don't see uh, those gains. It doesn't appear as if the Obama administration is willing to change course, at least for now. Um, there could be another event that uh, further unravels this conflict and uh, you know further jeopardizes the mission. Um, but it is it is interesting to see the, the, the surge of opinion moving in the opposite direction. I think you had people who were sort of um, on the fence in terms of the mission. They knew that it was the good war, the war we must fight, where You know, allegedly um, the 9-11 attacks were were planned, even though they were planned in Spain and Germany and Florida and uh, and elsewhere. Um, So I I, I think it's a little bit – it's partly gratifying because we've been talking about the need to scale down the mission in Afghanistan for some time. Um, But it's also horrendous what we've been seeing over the past several months. One of the conflicts that you point to is the fact that it is explicitly the U.S. military's job to protect – Afghan civilians. And over the past three years, we've seen a steady, pronounced escalation in the deaths of Afghan civilians. Right. It almost reminds me of the of the U.S. government's goal of expanding home ownership to Americans. Uh, <laughs> the eventual, uh, you know, end state of that policy has been that more Americans have been evicted from their homes due to foreclosure crisis and everything. So this is sort of what we see now in Afghanistan is this idea that we we're going to we're going to win the hearts and minds of the people and protect them from insurgents. And sadly, as you bring up in your question. 2011 was the fifth straight year in which civilian casualties rose. Um, There's a great deal of ambivalence, if not anger, amongst a great deal of the Afghan public towards our presence. Uh, You just had um, Afghan President Hamid Karzai demanding U.S. troops withdraw from all villages and just stay on their bases. Um, You just had the Taliban announce that they're going to break off peace talks with the United States. Um, So, I mean, you know, these are sort of issues that really go to the heart of the counterinsurgency mission, which was to protect the people. And you know, our, our 
um, men and women in uniform have fought bravely, I think, overall. I think it's unfortunate that these sort of incidents, you know, shine a harsh light on them. Um, but they've been put under duress. They've uh, had to endure multiple deployments. We've seen an increase in the number of mental health issues, suicides, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, double amputees, triple amputees. Um, so, I mean, there are certainly, you know, an increase in civilian casualties. There's been an increase in coalition deaths. Um, it is a very horrible situation that, that we've been seeing. And I would hope that the president would begin to expedite the withdrawal and move more in the direction of his vice president, Joe Biden, who initially said, you know, years ago that we should have moved to a counterterrorism mission. It's not a panacea. It's not easy. Um, we still have an issue with logistics and supply chains. But still, in terms of uh, the the number of people who've been killed, in terms of the resources expended, it's time to wind down the mission. But instead, we have a president who, along with uh, British PM, uh, David Cameron have pledged to stay the course, to uh, continue this mission. And uh, as you and I talked about earlier, for uh, quite a while, the, the people who were believed to be the cooler heads on uh, the Afghan mission are those who were urging to stay the course, don't get concerned about the, the bumps in the road. Uh, and as you point out, you know, what road? Yeah, we're off the road. We're on, we're on the beaten path. We're in the water now. Um, it, it's really tragic. I mean, when you look at sort of what is the long-term mission now, at least, beyond 2014, we hope to have a government, again, that can, you know, again, have the monopoly on the use of force. It's the definition of a state, really, um, a legitimate state, at least. But you're looking at, you know, Hamid Karzai's government is incredibly unpopular, very corrupt. Um, the Afghan National Police, they have a reputation for desertion and rapaciousness. Uh, you have the Afghan National Army. Uh, their performance and effectiveness is very much questionable. I think there's also, again, you know, the, the training mission that we have set out for the Afghans is premised on this notion of trust. And the longer you have sort of this this tension between the Afghans and the American forces and the, the sort of level of this wanton violence that we've been seeing over the past month, several months, um, I think that definitely throws into question not only should we be there, but in terms of the long term, how are we going to be able to fund something that we deem to be sort of morally questionable? Um, I don't think a lot of people have asked that question. I think many people are focused on sort of the economics of the war, which is fine. Um, you know, we've been uh, spending at least $12 bin billion a year on the Afghan National Army alone. Um, going forward after 2014, it's supposed to be about $4 billion to, to fund the Afghan a National Army and police. Um, the Afghan government has said that they have real no way of paying this. Uh, they're going to maybe pay for a marginal portion of that. Um, so, I mean, on, on the moral issues, on the economic issues, um, no one has really tried to grapple with these with these sort of systemic problems. Uh, and as you say, I mean, these are sort of just bumps on the road. You know, this is these are just minor problems and, you know, just just, you know, calmer heads will prevail. And it's it's ludicrous. It's sad. It, people aren't looking at reality. If you just if you understand what's happening on the ground, if you talk to people who who are on the ground, um, the situation has gotten very much worse. And um, I think for many Afghans, in terms of the civilian casualties, it's almost they're almost used to it. It's it's you, you you see a little bit of the outrage, but it's almost sort of shock in a way in, in some respects. One of the most important metrics in this whole mission in Afghanistan, just the the idea of this hearts and minds being one to uh, the uh, the U.S. U.S. side. You can't really measure that, uh, but we've seen some pretty clear-cut examples in the in the last month uh, that have said this this measure is is clearly moving in the wrong direction, or perhaps it's been moving in the wrong direction for a long time, 
and only now we're seeing evidence of it. Is that why there's been this rapid turnaround in opinion among among Republicans on the, on this mission? Well, I mean, I, I certainly would think that for some Republicans, it's a political issue, you know, um, an incumbent uh, in an election year, this is a great way to sort of cut them off at the knees. But I think there are uh, some conservatives who really do have a overarching skepticism toward in, uh, intervention in general, whether that be in Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan or Somalia or pick your country, your Muslim country. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, recently what we've seen is a tarnishing of the mission, a tarnishing, and sadly, as a result of the latest incident, tarnishing of the troops um, as a result of, of, you know, what's been happening. Also, you know, as you say, there's no real way to quantify winning a heart and a hearts and minds, especially if, you know, an allegiance exists in someone's head. <laughs> if, if they're willing to offer information to a coalition troop, um, that might be specious, such as um, the tribal elder in the next village stole my goat, and therefore I would like you to redress this grievance. Um, these are sort of the jump tips that we've been getting, and unfortunately we've been um, incidentally night, having night raids against the wrong homes. You know, intelligence can be faulty. Um, there could be uh, deeper tribal rivalries. So, I mean, even the intelligence on the hearts and minds that we're getting may not be the most accurate. That and the insurgents live there. They live in this region. They will always be there. Uh, and this is sort of the definition of a guerrilla insurgency, of a guerrilla war. Um, you know, they, they fight when um, the circumstances and the conditions are most favor favorable. They decline to fight when conditions are not. They melt back easily into the population. And so, again, this sort of hearts and minds strategy was always very much flawed. It required, you know, the, the best amount of resourcing, the, the greatest amount of patience and time. And I don't think we really ever had that, uh, whether it was... 08 or 01. Um, it's really demanding a lot of the troops. It's demanding a lot of the American public. It's demanding a lot of the Afghans. Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of her work on Afghanistan and Pakistan at Cato.org.